0: Ephesians chapter four. And verse 11, this is talking about Jesus after he was raised from the dead and after he ascended back to uh, the Father, to be seated at the right hand of the Father, it said, And he himself gave some uh, to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors. And teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the ed- for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till or until we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now this is a a list of 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 gifts, of gifts that the Lord gave to us. Uh, often referred to as the five-fold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Um, even though in this context, pastor and teacher are kind of connected, but other places we see them separated. So there are five ministry gifts that the Lord has given to the body of Christ. Uh, in, in our day, uh, some have uh, done a little slicing here. Done a little excluding, and they've they've taken some of the ministry gifts and said these no longer exist. But only you know pastors, teachers, maybe evangelists. But really, the two that get axed are apostles and prophets. And uh, however, you can see simply by the context of this uh, of this passage that that's not stated, but ra- rather that these gifts are giving until. And then it gives the, the, the explanation there that until we, you know, until we uh, all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man and so forth. In other words, those five gifts, not just three of them, but all five are necessary uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago, they're necessary today. They're necessary during the whole church age because with an absence of those gifts and the particular anointings that are on these individuals, the body of Christ at large will not be completely equipped. They will not grow up like they're supposed to. Amen. And and, and they will not be able to do the work of ministry like they ought to do. So God gives us these five gifts. We shouldn't exclude them. We should, uh, we should be thankful for them. Thankful for all the gifts. All, all, the, all the ministry gifts in the body of Christ. Uh, you, you know, sometimes individuals want to shy away from anything that they hear that challenges them to move out beyond their comfort zone. Uh, but I, I feel like I have a responsibility an obligation from the Lord to try to uh, encourage people to move them out of what's comfortable for them. And if you don't ever find yourself doing something that you don't really naturally gravitate towards or is just feels altogether comfortable, you probably haven't grown in a while. All right. Even if it's just something like when we do things in, in, in these kind of services, and I say, hey, let's worship God, let's lift our hands, and, 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 and we do that for a while. If someone says, I'm not real comfortable with that, well, that, good. That's why I told you to do it. Huh? You say, well, I don't really like that. That's why I told you to do it, because I'm called to encourage you to stretch. I mean, that might be really simple, but I, I can remember a time in my life where that was a stretch. That was, that was, that was a stretch. That was a hard thing. And when I, went, when I moved past it, I went whoop, up. I went spiritually har- further. I moved forward just with a simple thing like that that I was not comfortable with, and I did anyway because it's of God. It's Scripture. You know, I did anyway, and so I took a leap forward in spiritual things. Amen. And still, now, uh, the Lord leads us to do these things. I, I set up these, these meetings the way that we do these Wednesday night meetings. Some of you have been around for a while. And uh, I don't even remember the year now. It was at least three years ago, maybe four years. I don't know. I was in the middle of teaching a series on a Wednesday night. And it was pretty good. And I, I stopped in the middle of the series. And said, we're changing our Wednesday. Because before the Wednesday nights were mainly just a teaching meeting. I'd do a series like I do on Sunday, just different topics and do a teaching meeting. And I I was stirred and I was prompted inside to do the meetings different. All right? Generally, I I rarely don't finish a, a series when I don't feel, you know, I did that recently as well with that Samson series. I didn't finish that one. Some of you probably noticed. I'm just trying to follow the Spirit. But that one and the other one's the only two times I can think of (laughs) that I didn't finish. What I felt like, you know, the Lord gave me to to do. And so, anyway, uh, the Lord dealt with with me, do these believers meetings. Now, outside of that leading, one reason I do them is because it forces me as the leader, as the pastor of the church, it forces me... To stretch. These are not the most comfortable meetings to lead as far as preparation goes. In this sense, I'm a teacher. I like to lay it out boom, 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 boom. Ready, set, go. (laughs) We'll do it and then we'll be done. That's comfortable. But some, And there's nothing wrong with that, because that's part of a gifting that, that certain people in the body of Christ have. Most pastors uh, have a teaching gift. Um, uh, that's comfortable. That's easy. But sometimes when you do that, you allow yourself to not yield to other moves of the Spirit. And when the Lord led me to do these meetings this way, um, it's because He wanted to say more. He wanted to not just say more, but do more. That our meetings wouldn't just be about teaching, but they'd be about presence. They'd be about the gifts of the Spirit. They'd be about the laying on of hands and the blessing flowing and and healing. I mean, I had testimonies coming last week, right? I mean, just a few, but people come up to me after the service telling me things that happened. You know, things that transpired in their, in, in, in their life that night. Some healings and, you know, and, and one person after the service said, I didn't think I was ever uh, the kind of person that would, like, fall down. And they said, I wasn't going to do it, but I got up there and I thought, oh, no, here I go. <laughs> and uh, they said, I started getting weak. <laughs> and I think that's great. That's, a, that's different than teaching, huh? <laughs> hmm. That doesn't come by teaching. You know, what do I mean by that? Well, the presence and power of God on someone in such a way where it's tangible, it's physical. It heals a person or it just blesses them in some way or different things happen. And so the Lord led us to, to have these type of meetings so He could show Himself in different ways. And unfortunately, many in the body of Christ today... Only know sing a song, a preset list, and worship that way, and if that's fine that's good, then hear a teaching, you know, maybe say a prayer, and that 's it but i 'm telling you the spirit of God is much more diverse than that, and there are things that he wants to say and do that are spontaneous that aren't pre planned that aren't premeditated, they come by inspiration and uh and that's what happens frequently in these type of meetings. That's what I said already, what, I, what I'm about to try to say in a minute. Uh, that's what that is. When I got up here and I started, started saying that, I didn't premeditate that. And I don't know how to say this. Well, I do. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who is quick to just be able to blabber on and on. Blabber probably is not the best word there, huh? <laughs> the gift of the gab. I don't have it. Sometimes I wish I did. But I don't really have the natural ability, what do they call it, personality or whatever, to just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And so for me, To do a service like this, and we've been doing them for a while now. At the beginning, it was a real stretch. It's a little easier now. But uh, to do a service like this is not my comfort zone. If I don't have something from the Lord, I don't have anything. (laughs) I run out real quick of what to say and what to do. But we find again and again. Sometimes I walk away going, wow, I'm impressed, Lord. I mean, because we came in here. And we started worshiping God, and it's just so clear, and it's so specific, bam, say this, do this, and I'll get something, and it'll just start pouring out. I'm thinking, glory to God, this is good. And I know that because it's inspired of the Lord for the moment, it is ministering to individuals in a very specific way that I couldn't do just by preparing a teaching, I mean, truth is truth, and in one sense, it's good anytime, anywhere. But there's a whole nother aspect to what we're doing. This is not school, per se. This is not just learn it. This is be with Him. This is God is alive, and He's on the inside. He's, he, he's talking to you right now as He's talking through me. He's, he's revealing things r- about your life. And he's giving them to me so that I will say things and address it. And again, that doesn't happen by preparing a teaching. See, the, the gifts in the, in the body of Christ are, well, the ministry gifts, like we said, are fivefold. The teaching, the teaching gift just by itself is pretty much, you know, plan it, lay it out, explain it. You know, teach means to explain while preach means to proclaim, okay, and a teacher is generally logical in order. They're going to say things that make sense. They're going to build upon build line upon line, precept upon precept. But you have other gifts there, okay. And I've noticed this that I, I can speak from my experience that there even sometimes an individual who doesn't doesn't live in an office, so to speak. The office of an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist. The Spirit of God will use individuals in certain times and seasons if they'll just yield to them, even if it's not their primary calling or gifting. See, I could easily sit back and just pastor and teach and just from that perspective, but I believe the Lord wants to, He wants to do things prophetically in our midst. Even if someone isn't called a prophet. These gifts of apostle and prophet exist in the church today. There are many individuals who have answered the call. And and they are all about uh, the prophet's ministry or the apostle's ministry. Here's something to consider. and, and, And be aware of, I should say. Be aware of. When someone is... Let's just talk about the prophet's ministry. The prophet is not defined by, his ministry uh, is not defined by personal prophecy. Where if someone is a prophet, the primary thing that they do is they go up to individuals and tell them what to do. See, sometimes people have have that, that connotation. Biblically speaking, even Old Testament prophets, which were different than today... Okay, it's a different category and class of, a, of the prophetic ministry, but their primary ministry was preaching. They would preach prophetically, and yes, at times God gave them specific words, and they would go to a, an individual, go to a king. We have, of course, some of those highlights of when they ministered and sometimes rebuked and uh, they went to kings and they gave him a direct word from the Lord but they were constantly preaching the the word of God with that when we say with that that prophet's anointing they were they were preaching what the Lord was saying likewise it is in the new covenant if you study the ministry of Jesus of course he was a prophet as well as well he was actually an apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher Okay, he stood in all five of the offices, uh, and and we could go through that in Scripture, uh, but you can see that in his ministry. You look at Paul. Okay, Paul was an apostle. He was also a prophet and a teacher. He actually stood in three of the ministry offices. But you see, even with their gifts, they didn't primarily go around and say, you know, yea, thus saith the Lord, and prophesy to individuals, but primarily what they did was is they would preach and or teach God's Word. But they would do so sometimes just, you know, if they were a teacher also, it would just be a straight teaching. But other times, they would be teaching or preaching prophetically. They would have... What do I mean by that? I mean, in part, their preaching came not from a predetermined plan where I'm just going to go through this curriculum, so to speak... But they would speak by inspiration of the moment and sometimes not know this moment what they're going to say the next moment. Or sometimes be, be, be bringing forth a, a, a teaching uh, from the Word and then all of a sudden we'll go off and start talking about something else that seems like, where did that come from? But it's not about being scatterbrained, it's about being Spirit-led. Why? Because the Lord reveals things about individuals who are listening that they need to hear. Okay? And so the, the, the prophet's ministry, yes, at sometimes it can be specific. Hey, you've got this going on in your life, and this is what's going to happen, and, and so forth. But, but we, we should understand that, that primarily in the, in the New Covenant, we don't live our lives looking to a prophet's ministry to find out what to do. Because in the New Testament, how many know Romans chapter 8 says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not those who are led by prophets are the sons of God, but those who are led by the Spirit. If ever someone prophesies to you, you should always judge that prophecy. You should judge it, number one, by the Word, because the Lord is not going to say something that disagrees with something He already said. Also, you're going to judge it by what the Spirit of God has already said to you. If He told you one thing and then someone else says, Yea, thus saith the Lord, this is what y- you're supposed to do, and, and it's like, that's different than what He already gave me, then you throw that out, because people are fallible. People can make mistakes. But in along with saying that... Uh, You know, I want to say things like that to be cautious, uh, to be, you know, Scripture says in in 1 Thessalonians to to not despise prophecy but to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. So we do want to prove that things are right. But at the same time, I I don't approach these things with any kind of fear or I want to back off because some people who have... um, done these things in the name of the Lord and missed it and said wrong things because they give it a bad name, I'm going to back off. I'm not. And that's really, you know, the reason why some, some uh, ministries, some churches, some parts of the body of Christ don't operate in these things at all. Sometimes it's because of, of flakiness. They've observed, they've seen others who have done things and it just, it was not the Spirit of God. Or people did things and their lifestyle contradicted it. Or different things happen and they just shun all of it. But we're told specifically not to do that. You don't despise prophecy. And, uh, you know, and some people have have misunderstood this gift. uh, the, The gift of the prophet. They've misunderstood and they thought, well, the prophet, he just tells you what to do. No, he doesn't tell you what to do. Listen, if I prophesy to you, judge it. I'm not perfect. I'm not flawless. Don't, we don't throw out the gift, but we, we judge it with the Word and by the Spirit. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I just think it's interesting. Sometimes I- individuals, they have a tendency, uh, and this was what gives some of this a bad name, a tendency to want to perform for people. And, and unless I always have a dynamic, shocking revelation... You know, something that's wow, and something that is just the best. You know, every service has to be far superior to the last one. Or, if, you know, or sometimes ministers feel like they're going to lose the crowd because i got to keep them going. That's dangerous. It really is. Because what happens then is what if the Spirit of God isn't, isn't revealing something at the moment? What if, that, what, what if He's not showing a, per, a person, he, he's, what if the anointing is not there? How many know uh, with, with these vocal gifts like prophecy, you can, you can talk without the anointing? You can put out the words, yay, 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 my little children. <laughs> Thus saith, you know, you can say all that stuff and God be nowhere near it. <laughs> and, and so what, what we don't want is to want these things so much that we'll get in the flesh to try to manufacture and make them happen. Again, I think that's why some people in the body of Christ have gone away from it, because they've seen people do stuff like that, and it just fell flat, and it just wasn't powerful, and it wasn't real, and sometimes pe- they led people astray. People have gotten into weird weird situations where they start prophesying to people and telling them what to do, you know, be in the Holy Spirit to someone, or prophesying, you know, prof people prophesying, uh, you know, you should marry this person and, you know, and I wouldn't, pro- I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't listen to someone, I'm married now, but I wouldn't listen to someone if they if they prophesied that I should marry someone in, in particular. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to hear from God on that one all by myself. You know what? Because, like, I'm going to be, like, with that person forever. I'm not doing it because you said, thus saith the Lord. Huh? I just have, a, I just can't think of any situations where that's turned out well. Or if someone's prophesying, you know, about, you know, money out of your pocket into theirs. People, people uh, you know, sometimes use divine coercion. <laughs> and it's really not divine because God's not in it. But there's a, there can be a, a form of manipulation that comes into play in these kind of things where someone's going to, you know, get you to do something for them and put the name of the Lord on it. And it's not the Lord. And in the meantime, well, what, what we come out of this with is, you know, when we talk about the prophet's ministry or prophecy, sometimes people back off a little bit. Ooh. But I tell you what, the real thing is necessary. The real thing is necessary. And, and Paul in, in, in his ministry, Jesus in his ministry, they would, they, they would at times, they would, they would, they would well, again, their primarily, primary ministry was preaching and teaching. You can read about that in, in uh, 1 Timothy, 1st chapter, or 1 Timothy, 2nd chapter, 2 Timothy, the 1st chapter. A couple of places. He, he mentioned there how he was a, 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 a preacher, a teacher, and apostle. I should just read it so I can say it right. 1 Timothy 2:7, for which I was appointed a preacher. And an apostle, and I am speaking the truth in Christ, and not lying a teacher of the Gentile, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And so Paul, even with his great gifts of, a, of apostleship and he'd been to heaven and all these things, what was he first? When he, when he came to, a, to do a meeting, he didn't spend all of his time, quote, prophesying to every individual. That would have been wrong. Not wrong always in all situations there might be a time where that, where that exact thing happens. I've had that happen numerous times in, in my ministry where I, I've, well, in smaller groups, times the Lord has give, given me prophecies for every single person in a group. But to do that ongoing and continually all the time, what would that lead to? That would lead to a person being dependent on hearing from God and putting that on another person. I don't want to teach anyone to do that. Now, I'll prophesy to you as the Lord gives me utterance. You can prophesy to someone else. The Lord gives you utterance, you know, gives you a word for them, right? But we're going to judge it. We're going to look at it. We're going to say, is this God? Is this not God? But in the middle of that, I'm not going to replace being led by the Spirit. I'm not going to replace your relationship with God for my relationship with God. I'm not going to let your connection with God be a substitute for my personal connection with God. I can hear from God for myself. Amen. And so anyway, some of this, what, I, what, I'm, what, what, what I'm talking about is some of the things that happen in these kind of meetings where, where we, uh, I, I recognize it and don't always say something, but I'm often teaching or I'm just preaching in a, in a meeting like this. And it is, the, it is prophecy that is coming out. It is a direct word from the Lord inspired for the moment for individuals and, and sometimes for, for us corporately at that time. And when that's there, I, I just encourage you, I'm listening on the inside, you listen on the inside. Recognize when something is inspired by God and it's a word from God for now. Why would we do that? Again, judge it of course. I'm not saying just swallow, hook, line, and sinker, everything that comes out of my mouth. I'm not implying that at all. Judge it. But when you see something's from God, treat it as if Jesus just sat sat there and had a conversation with you. If you determine it's the Lord by the Word, by the witness, the Word and the witness, you determine it's from the Lord, Jesus just told you to do that. Jesus just encouraged you to act that way. Jesus just moved in your life. And it's no less him than if he were standing here in the flesh. Well, the difference is we wouldn't have to judge that too far, huh? <laughs> I mean, if we knew it was him. You know. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And, so and so the Lord wants to do these things in our day. And he wants to move... Uh, in, a, in, a, in a prophetic way. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not implying that someone even has to be. Because there are, there are most certainly individuals that profit is all over them. I mean, that's undoubtedly their call and their gift. But there seems to be others that kind of go into it at times. Into it at times. Or just have a, a flair of it, if you will. Maybe just because of yielding. Really, go, go over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. Really, when we boil this down, any person in the body of Christ can prophesy. Any person can prophesy. Now, now when, when, you, when you say prophesy, what does that mean? That means simply to speak for another. If I prophesy, I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord, He's using me to say something. If you prophesy, it's not you. Hmm. Let Let's say it this way. We can talk about prophecy in a in a preaching by inspiration sense, inspiration of the moment. That's prophecy. Or there, then there's uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues, which equals prophecy. Or there's just a, pro- a prophecy that comes out, yea, thus saith the Lord, <laughs> whether it has the yea on there or not, thus saith the Lord. And, and, and someone speaks, how many know those things are not premeditated? Have you ever, have you ever heard, uh, been around an individual or been in a service like this and someone prophesies and you knew, they studied this out ahead of time. <laughs> it came out as a little teaching that was not. That was them speaking out of their mind. It may have been fine. It may have been true what they were saying. It may have have not been error, but that's different than prophecy. A teaching and a prophecy are not the same. I feel like I'm all over the map right now, but maybe that's what we're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Judge it. Right at the same time, those who really... uh, those who really stand in the, in the ministry gift of a prophet don't need to advertise it. I don't, know how many, I don't know how many individuals over the years I've seen that have come to me and told me that they're a prophet. Announced to me when first meeting them. Oh, and by the way, I'm a prophet. Oh. You know what, what I think. Doubt it. That individuals when we first started the church. First, got a phone number <laughs> that was in the house at the time. The church phone number, same one we have today, because we wanted a good number, so we got it right away. Rang in the house. People call. Hey, heard about the church starting. I'm a prophet. Oh, you heard wrong. There's no church starting. <laughs> But individuals that you know came and what was the truth? They weren't a prophet or anything close. Remember an individual coming to us in the in the, we were in the, in the old building, coming one time and came to me after service, told me prophesied to me supposedly what was going to happen and that what was going to happen when we got. It, when we got into our new building, which this hadn't even started yet, even the beginning of it, and it told him what was going to happen. Did it happen? It didn't. But he did announce that he was the prophet. He announced to me and other people his great gift. How many know if, if, if God is really speaking to you and telling you things and telling you things to share with other people, it's only going to be a matter of time until they recognize that the, that the anointing's on you, that the gift is on you. And it wasn't. What am I, why am I saying this? If the Lord uses you, and I believe He wants to use all of us in different ways, and different capacities, you don't have to announce it to everyone. I'm a, I'm a this. I'm a this. I'm a this. In other words, what are they saying? Well, you need to believe me. You need to receive me. You need to show me honor and respect for, for this great gift that's in my life. No, uh, you'll know them by their fruit. So if you are that, fine. You don't need to tell me. Just be who you are. Let God use you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to walk with you. Be all you can be in the Lord. And as the gifts of God are in you and flowing through you, they'll be recognized over time. Hmm. Sometimes people feel like, man, I've got this call on my life, but I just don't have an opportunity to use it. Really? I I hesitate with that. I I question that. Now, maybe for a period of time, yeah, but eventually, the gift will make room for you. Eventually, it'll be recognized because others will be blessed by it. So, well, the Lord's called me to a worldwide ministry. Great. How's your backyard ministry going? (laughs) No, I just need you to announce it for me. No. No, I'm not going to announce that for you. (laughs) Be used where you're at. I know I'm going on a rabbit trail, but I'm led right now. Just like we're talking about. There are too many individuals who won't be used where they're at because their eyes are so far down the road. And this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my call, and they do very little or nothing right where they're at. The way that you get to where you're supposed to be is by doing the right thing today. By being faithful in the little things. And if there is something more that God wants you to do, you don't just jump over everything else to get there. You put your hand to the plow and you don't turn back. You get faithful with what's, what's before you. And what will happen? Some of you don't recognize things are already happening. The Spirit of God is already setting you up for promotion in life. And you think, well, no one sees and no one knows what I've really been doing. No one knows the commitment, the time I've... No, they, they don't. Maybe they never will. I guarantee you people don't know all the things I've done. And I'm never going to tell them. Why would I? I'll stand before the Lord someday. I'm going to give account to Him, not to anybody else. Hmm? When you, you, find, you find that when you're in, in ministry and you give yourself to be used by God, you don't get credit for every good intention or every hour of prayer or every sacrifice you make. You don't get credit in the minds of people. Most of what you do will not be recognized. It will never be lauded. It will, mo- many things will never be appreciated. Big whoop de doo We're going to stand before the Lord and everything's going to be out in the clear. Amen. (laughs) And so we've got to recognize uh, that, that we're answering the call of God. We're talking about the things of God here. And if we're ever doing it for our own benefit, for our own, you know, exaltation, for others to see and recognize us and all this kind of stuff, we've missed the motive anyway. We really have. And even if God uses you in such a way where others see you and are recognized, you've got to keep your, your head out of that. Have to keep your head out. Have to keep a heart to where, man, if I can just go in the back room and do it from there, I would choose that. That needs to be the heart. Just want to help people. Just want to obey God. Just want to be used of Him. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, this kind of message will bug the teacher in you. <laughs> but I tell you, I can, I can tell that just, just as, we're, as, as we're following this, I'm seeing different, different situations and people, I'm talking to different people at different times. I know it. I know it. And the Lord's dealing with individuals because He's helping us to grow up, helping us to get to the place where we need to be. And if we'll yield to Him, man, it'll be good, good, good. Good, good. 1 Corinthians 14 says in verse 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially, especially that you may prophesy. That's interesting. Especially that you may prophesy. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church at Corinth. Corinth. That would be the same as the church at Boise or whatever city. Who's he, who's he, what's he saying? He's saying it's about love. It's about desire. You need to desire the gifts of the Spirit, but especially that you may prophesy. In other words, speak on behalf of God. Wow. Think, are we all supposed to do that? Yeah. Are all of us going to necessarily stand up in church and give a prophecy? Not, no, I don't think necessarily. Can all of us speak for God, though? In other words, He'll inspire us. He'll give us something to share. Could be on an individual basis. Could be in a group setting. It, it can be in different forms or fashions. But all of us can. And all of us ought to want that. Man, I want God to use me. I want God to speak through me. Understand the difference, though, between... Um, um, What we might say, foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling predicts the future. And how many know that's not synonymous with prophecy? Some prophecy is related to the future what will be, what shall happen, what is to come. Technically, in Scripture, that's called a word of wisdom, revelation concerning things to come. Part of that, that prophecy. Excuse me, at the end of last week's service, that had a word of wisdom wisdom in it, all right? But much prophecy, thanks, much prophecy is not foretelling, but is more forth-telling. In other words, it's just a proclamation, a declaration of, well, what the Scripture says here in, in verse verse 3 he who but he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort to men how many know there's no there's no predictive nature to that there's no prophesying about the future when should you prophesy about the future when you have something about the future when you have revelation concerning the future otherwise don't say this is going to happen this is coming but what we can all do, when he says desire, desire that you may prophesy, what's he talking about? Well, again, speaking by inspiration, speaking on behalf of the Lord. But many times, you know what it is? It's encouraging. It's exhorting. It's challenging. It's uplifting. It builds others up. Huh? If you find all of your prophecies are corrective, that, would, that should be a red flag. I know that the prophet's ministry would probably tend to have those kind of things more, where, where, where they might bring a corrective word to the world or to the body of Christ and, and setting some things straight. Most of the time, though, I mean, we're in a covenant of grace, we're in a covenant of victory. God's favor is upon us. Most of the time, prophecy is going to be building up and edifying and encouraging. Prophecy is not all about exposing sin. Although there could come a word of knowledge that says what someone did, like Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. But prophecy is not just about, and really, when a prophecy goes from one person to another, especially in a public setting, the Holy Spirit is not out to embarrass people, He's not out to expose people. And if ever you feel like you have a word, and it's a word to give to someone, and it's going to you think it could embarrass them or could, be, you know, be taken wrong way. You absolutely make sure you do that in private. You pull them aside. But sometimes people want everyone else to know that they're anointed. They want to do it public. Man, it doesn't need to be that way. Bottom line is our heart needs to be, I want God to move. I want God's Word to go out. I want people to be helped. Praise God. And so who can prophesy? Well, we all can. Later in this scripture, it says, in this chapter, it says we can all prophesy one by one. But we're seeking to speak, by, speak edification, exhortation, and comfort. I've seen individuals, and I, know, I hope I'm not sounding negative in this, but just things I've seen that were in error, individuals that prophesy, supposedly prophesy, but it's always negative. It's always negative. You've got to stop, you stop doing that. You've got to start doing this, and people are doing this. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't the Spirit of God leading them. It's just they had something up their craw. They were a little bit annoyed with people, and so they took an opportunity when it got quiet, or, you know, or in a prayer meeting, or in a certain time, they took their opportunity to let their grievance be heard, and they said, thus saith the Lord. And it was thus saith them. And so, you know, I say all these things, there, there's, there's such a benefit and a positive to this anointing that will cause a person, Old Testament, the prophets were often called seers. Why? Well, it's because, again, 1 Corinthians 12, it's called the discerning of spirits, meaning they would see into the realm of the Spirit. You, you see things. And so sometimes a prophet's ministry, they're going to they're gonna see into the realm of the Spirit. And, uh, and it's a wonderful thing. That God would reveal to us and show us things that we couldn't see naturally. We couldn't know any other way. And I believe in this. I believe in it strong. I believe in it more now than I did an hour ago. <laughs> well, I'm just stirred up about what the Lord's saying and showing us and, and inspiring in us. But bottom line, I think I'm about done, about done talking about this now. But uh, bottom line is this. Desire to be used. And when we're in a corporate setting like this, and when it's service time, and uh, and the Lord, whether He brings something through me or or you know a prophet comes in as a minister, and we're open to that, we're receptive. We judge all things, but we're open to the ministries of God because when they're all there—apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher—man, what happens? We're equipped. We're grown up. We mature. Yes, we get irked, you know, we'll get prodded sometimes, stretched a little bit, moved beyond our comfort zone. But that's when you grow. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God is good.